you the latest research, tools, and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy. It's Talk Healthy Today. Here's Lisa Davis. I love Foodie Friday, and today we have a fantastic guest, Dr. Lisa Moscone. She's the Associate Director of the Alzheimer's Prevention Clinic at Weill Cornell. We're going to be talking about her amazing book, Brain Food. Hello, Dr. Moscone. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to have you on. I love in the preface, you write about a few years ago, you were at an international conference on the prevention of Alzheimer's disease and somebody came up to you from the audience. They asked you about olive oil. And I love how you write, my neuroscience trained brain was baffled, olive oil. So how did you get from that moment to write an entire book about just how important eating is for a healthy brain? It's it's a great question. I'm... My background is really biology. I, I have a double PhD in neuroscience wow. and nuclear medicine, and I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sounds more fancy, maybe uh, uh, on the other side of things, but um, it, it was really biology. I was really interested in genetics, and I, I actually, I'm Italian. I was born and raised in Florence, in Italy, and I, I moved mm-hmm. to New York to, to really investigate the genetics of Alzheimer's, like having a family history or having genes that really uh, predispose you to Alzheimer's disease. And after years of doing that, the results were just not nearly as convincing or as strong as I thought they would be. And at the same time, my patients started really asking about food, and I I found myself completely unprepared (laughs) To answer, and so I, I went back to school, even though you know I have 22 years of education. But we we just don't learn anything about school, or about food, or nutrition, or yes. exercise, or just lifestyle in school. And so I, I completed another degree in nutrition, in um, integrative nutrition, and I found it fascinating. And at the same time, I I started a new lab. At NYU, New York University at the School of Medicine, it was the Nutrition and Brain Fitness Lab, and our goal was really to investigate food and nutrition and um, the kinds of food that really increase your resilience as you get older from a neurological perspective, and what kind of foods and diet instead will harm your brain and increase your risk of Alzheimer's. And when what we did, because mostly because of my background, I, I do brain imaging. That's my, my training. And so we, we really started looking at food and diet directly on brain scans. Like, are there any associations between your diet and the way you're eating today and what happens in your brain, which we can see by doing brain imaging scans? So that was really that was fascinating to me. And not, not that many people do that, to be honest. It really is fascinating. I love in the book, you write, the truth is we have more power than we realize. The power of our personal choices often remains untapped because of conventional Western medicine's tendency to treat symptoms with drugs or surgery before considering less risky and oftentimes more effective approaches instead, like eating better. Do you feel like the paradigm is shifting at all, Dr. Moscone, in terms of like, let's really look at what we're putting in our mouths and how it's affecting every organ, everything going on in our bodies? I believe so. I think there's been a radical shift just in recent years 
when more and more investigators have been looking into that, and there is now, I, I don't know if it's consensus, but I think there's awareness that at least one-third of all Alzheimer's cases are preventable. And that that was really a major breakthrough in my field, in, in the field of Alzheimer's, where for many, many years, Alzheimer's was mostly seen as kind of an inevitable outcome of bad genes or getting older or both. Uh, most people thought of Alzheimer's as something genetic. You have it in, in your DNA, and at some point you're old and it just kicks in. But we are really understanding now. We, we came to understand that that's not the case, and that your lifestyle and the choices that you make throughout your life really play a big role in protecting your brain from harm and from diseases of, of old age like Alzheimer's or make it more vulnerable and more delicate instead. So I think more and more people really are really beginning to appreciate that. And uh, for us, we are an Alzheimer's prevention clinic, which is quite amazing in the field of Alzheimer's. I think it's the... Right, just using the word prevention is very... It's very brave, you know, for for a medical college. Now, really, until until just a few years ago, you, you would mention prevention, and people would look at you like you're nuts. And by people, I mean scientists. Like you can't prevent Alzheimer's. And now, instead, there are more and more clinics opening up in the United States and in Asia, in Europe. There is so much more interest in really, in really going after prevention and trying to to tell people that the way you treat your heart has implications on your brain as well. You know, um, there are so many risk factors for Alzheimer's that are called modifiable. You can actually Mm -hmm. intervene. You can change them. And some you can completely eliminate through exercise and diet and cardiovascular fitness and intellectual stimulation um, taking care, just going to the doctor, you know, hypertension, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, these are all risk factors for Alzheimer's that can, in many cases, can be managed medically and maybe with some uh, family support. You know, your families are so important and social uh, social networking and social support seem also to be really involved in how people address brain aging and dementia. It is so important. I have a master's in public health, so I'm all about prevention. Yeah. In the book, yeah. you write about yeah. neuronutrition, and the neuronutrition is what you're talking about, right? Like the things that you need to strengthen your brain, to prevent Alzheimer's, to be the most effective and maximize your brain health. Talk to us about that a little bit more. And then you also go into three basic steps of care that can enhance the health of your brain. Yeah. If you can touch on both of those. Sure. So. Our research and research in general has shown that some foods are neuroprotective. So they literally shield the brain from harm, especially as we get older, whereas other foods have the opposite effect. They they increase whatever vulnerability and predisposition you and your brain have. So it's really important to focus on foods that are known to improve the health of your brain and to maximize and optimize cognitive fitness for, for the long term. Now, for me personally, when I'm, 
when I read books that the promise enormous changes in 20 days or 14 days, I'm always a little bit like, hmm, you know, your brain doesn't change as fast. And taking care of your brain should really become part of your healthcare in general. And nutrition plays such a big role that I thought in the book I would I would illustrate these three steps that, that make sense to me. And the first one is really understanding. So first of all, we need to understand how the brain works and why diet and nutrition is so important to keeping the brain healthy and which foods are good for you and which foods are not good for you. Then you want to put it into practice and just make some general changes that are good for everybody, like reduce processed foods, reduce fast food, uh, try to minimize the amount of commercial meat that we they were eating that really seems to correlate with uh, less favorable brain aging. Try to eat more fruits and veggies. Drink water. Drinking water is, is really underestimated as a, as a preventative for brain aging and Alzheimer's, but a research and many other people's research have shown that the brain needs water. And I'll stop here, but I, I'm, I really believe in drinking water. And then the third step is uh, there's a test in the book. You can take the t- anybody can take the test and see where they are on the spectrum um, from a kind of diet that does not support brain health to a diet that is really optimized for brain health and for brain health. And depending on where you are, you know your diet may be terrible for your brain, and this is what you do to fix that. Or if you're more at the intermediate level, your diet is not necessarily bad, but it's not optimal for your brain. And these are the things that you could do to make it better for your brain. And then just like an advanced level where you're already doing a lot of good things that you can further incorporate some some tricks and some adjustments. And there are some tips that will really, hopefully, (laughs) make your brain as strong Mm -hmm. as it can be for, for the long run. Hang on, more with Lisa Davis coming up. Now, you know mindful eating is an essential part of self-care. We all know that every part of our life is enhanced when we eat nourishing, healthy meals. But eating right can be hard to maintain. You know it, and I know it. But that's where Sunbasket comes in to help. With 18 weekly recipes, there is something for everyone. Now, recently, I enjoyed making chicken parmesan and black bean cauliflower tostadas Diablo. Mm-hmm. Enough said. So here's the deal. Sunbasket makes it easy and convenient to cook healthy, delicious meals at home, no matter how much experience you have in the kitchen. And there's paleo, gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan, and pescatarian options. Sunbasket works with the best farms and suppliers to bring you fresh organic produce and responsibly raised meats and seafood all delivered to your door. Just go to sunbasket.com slash talk healthy to learn more and get $35 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash talk healthy for $35 off. sunbasket.com slash talk healthy. And now back to Lisa Davis. Definitely. Now, what are some of the foods that we want to be eating more of? The foods that we should be eating? 
Yes. In addition to fruits and vegetables, what about where does healthy fat? Because that's something that I really enjoy, like a nice avocado and some olive oil and things like that. Right. So it's really important to to distinguish between different kinds of fat and just yes. understand that fat isn't just fat, right? So there are many different forms sure. and the brain is very, very selective. It's very picky when it comes to the nutrients that can actually get inside the brain. And the reason I'm saying that is um, I found that, uh, you know, I'm a neuroscientist, so this is obvious to me, but I, I find it is not as clear to anybody who's not a neuroscientist. And the fact is that the brain is not a sponge, and there are very, very strong barriers that protect the brain from the rest of the body, literally, it's called the blood-brain barrier. And the barrier comes with gates, and the gates open when the brain is hungry, and they close as soon as the brain is done. And the brain is a, is a very picky eater, and very few nutrients from the diet can get in. And fat, fat is controversial because everybody says, well, the brain is made of fat. And I would mm-hmm. tell you, well, the brain contains quite a bit of fat, but the truth is that the brain makes it itself when we're little. So just to, just to clarify, there are different kinds of fat. So there's like cholesterol is a fat that everybody's familiar with. Then there's saturated fat, like from meat and cream and butter, also avocado, since you mentioned it, although it's more like monounsaturated, I guess. And um, then there's polyunsaturated fats, like the omega-3s, from salmon, from fish, and the omega-6, they are quite, um, they've been making the headlines of late of because they're healthy or not as healthy. So from a brain's perspective, cholesterol from the diet cannot ever get inside the brain. Never. The brain makes it when we're babies. Actually, yeah, even before we're born, the brain just makes it itself. So whatever cholesterol you get from your food, we just never get inside your brain. Saturated fat, again, uh, the brain makes it, a lot of it, when we're, when we're little, and actually takes it from the diet when we're children, but then it probably stops taking any of that uh, from the diet as soon as we are past adolescence. So the only kind of fat that the brain really needs on a daily basis is the polyunsaturated kind of fat, like the omega-3s that we get from fish or the omega-6 that we get from vegetable oils, those those kind of fats are needed on a daily basis and they really can impact the health of your brain, especially in terms of deficiencies. So if you don't have enough, like for instance, the omega-3s, it was shown that people who don't uh, consume enough really have a much higher risk of dementia as compared to those who eat at least like four grams a day. Wow. You know, I want to mention, by the time goes by way too fast, we have about... <laughs> Five minutes. Sorry to interrupt. I just want to make sure that I get to some of these recipes because they're really good. <laughs> uh, there's a sweet potato chickpea Buddha bowl. That was really good. This has got four times of vegetable, four kinds of vegetables. It's got fiber, protein, rich chickpeas. It's got antioxidant, rich sweet potatoes, healthy grains, which have vitamin B. 
It's really, really nice. There's also some other recipes that you have I want to make. I haven't made the uh, chicken, tic- uh, excuse me, chickpeas tikka masala. I love tikka masala. Uh, uh, Dad's lemon roasted chicken. Holy cow, that looks really good. And I like that you use coconut oil in some of the recipes because I've read that coconut oil is actually good for brain health as well. Where, where do you stand on this? I love coconut oil. Um, mm-hmm. There is no research done really linking coconut oil to to brain aging or Alzheimer's. Uh, so the thing about coconut oil is that it's mostly saturated fat. So in, sure. in theory, that kind of fat won't really get inside the brain. But it's a very special kind of saturated fat. It's a medium chain, so it's like a medium length. And mm. if you are on a keto diet, for instance, or if you don't ever eat carbohydrates, then that kind of fat can be used by the brain for energy. The reason I like coconut oil is that it it seems to be good for your heart, much more so than other saturated fats. And it has a relatively high smoke point. So it doesn't oxidize as easily. It doesn't get bad as easily. And it doesn't produce as much inflammation as other kinds of cooking fat that many people use. So it's a healthier fat that you can use in your mm. cooking. And um, it's great for your skin. It's great for your hair. Yes. Right? Yeah. So oh, I think yeah, that I help benefits. <laughs> yes, I like it too. You know, I, I'm curious. I want to go back. We have a few minutes left. I want to go back to the vegetable oil because I've always heard that you don't want to be eating the the vegetable oils like the safflower, the sunflower, that they're they're pro-inflammatory in the body or some other reasons. What, what do you say about that? Because I, I think you said a moment ago that, that we should be eating some of those uh, vegetable oils. I think we just eat too much of that as a society. Uh, okay. I think so that's something oh, okay. hormones. Yeah, like if you, especially if you buy prepared foods or packaged foods or processed foods, they're literally loaded with those oils, mm. and very, very often um, they contain hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated oils that are even more harmful. They, they do, as you said, they do increase inflammation in the body, and they're usually, well, what we should be shooting for is a balance between omega-3s and omega-6. Usually the balance is like 2 to 1, but in Western diets, the balance is more like 20 to 1. Oh, boy. There's just okay. too much of the inflammatory fats and not enough of the anti-inflammatory fats. And that could create a lot of a lot of issues with health. So we could try and minimize those oils and focus on sources of omega-3s like extra virgin olive oil, uh, flaxseed. Flaxseed oil is an excellent source of omega-3 fatty acids. And it tastes really good. It's very, very yellow. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> It really is. You know, I think for dinner, I'm going to make your chickpeas tikka masala. That looks so great. The whole book is wonderful. Again, it is called Brain Food. It's on sale March 6th. Dr. Moscone, tell us all the ways we can find you and your fabulous book. I have a website. Uh, it's lisamasconi.com. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or you can find me at the clinic. <laughs> but in Manhattan, on the Upper East Side the Alzheimer's Prevention Clinic. I'm mostly at the office, but um, social media, I think, is a good way to contact me. Oh, terrific. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I really highly recommend this book. You know, we really need to think about what we're eating 
not just so we look good, but so we're thinking well and preventing Alzheimer's and really taking good care of our overall health. If you want to find out more about the show, Talk Healthy Today and Talk Fitness Today, you can go to itsyourhealthwithlisadavis.com. That has all the shows. You can also find me on Twitter at healthmediagal1 at your, wait, at Talk Healthy, the number two day. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Stay well.